Good evening, everybody. Max Gordon here from Lion Man Rewilding. Hope everybody's having a wonderful evening. This is um, another episode of Mulberry Monday. And I um, have some good stuff to talk about. Um, little updates first. First of all, it's brought to you by Lion Man Rewilding, the survival skills school that's on um, primarily right now uh, teaching in-person classes uh, in the tri-state uh, tri-state area and also in Florida. Now we're working on an online course um, on forging that we want to. We're planning on releasing by the end of the month, which I'm very excited about. It's the first time that I've done this, so just trying to learn all that there is to learn about online re and releasing courses. So it's an exciting time. Um, coming out with some new shorts, some new videos. Um, so check out our YouTube channel, and then um, yeah, I've been. I released a new podcast this week also about. Uh, goes back a few years now, but it's with um, John Hart, uh, the curator of archaeology at New York State Museum. Um, that was a special interview I did for my school when I was in school back in, I think it was 2017 or 18. So if you didn't listen to that, it's a longer episode. It's definitely an hour episode, so but it's definitely worth uh, the listen. Um, I hear my cat. <laughs> um, so today we're going to continue with some temperate food forest um, going through that, um, and then we're going to hit some stuff on finishing up, we're finishing up that, and also we're finishing up the tracking, um, tracking paper by Louis Liebenberg, so looking forward to seeing what's next, um, in those realms, um, so let's get started, um, so let's just going to mention walnut, so going back to the exploring America's oldest food forest, walnut, Jelgens Nigro, Juglans cinera and Juglans regia. Species of Lepidoptera, moths, and butterflies supported is 130. Hershey grafted and sold a number of black Juglans, uh, black walnut, Juglans nigra cultivars. He noted that se the seedlings of the, quote, Thomas variety made the best rootstock for walnuts, except in the far north. For customers in cold areas, he used Minnesota black walnuts for understock. And seedlings of a nut from Utah that survives and bears nuts in these areas under 12 to 16 inches of rain for drier areas in the west. He also grafted and sold selections of English black English walnut, Juglans regia, the kind we most find in stores grafted on black walnut rootstock. Okay, so he was talking more about that. He has some pictures here. Um, there's one of a triple grafted walnut. Uh, a, black, a black walnut rootstock, two grafted butternut varieties, and a third graft of a highly unusual single-lobed walnut that is easier to crack and great for home production. So interesting how you can... Yeah, so there's these two pictures of these grafted walnuts. This grafted tree from a regular walnut, a regular uh, average-sized black walnut, and then a grafted tree... Um, Huge differences in, in nut size. Amazing. I think that's the coolest thing. Okay, so now we're going to get to, we're on page 132 of The Origin of Science by Louis Liebenberg. And um, this chapter is um, The Evolution of Science, it's called. Oh, actually, over here. Sorry, 130, uh, 129. The Logistic Growth of Knowledge In Chapter 7, we propose that the evolution of scientific knowledge followed a logistic growth curve since its origins more than 100,000 years ago. 
In the same way, the evolution of tracking probably followed a logistic growth curve over a period of 2 million years. Just as the development of technology follow, follows logistic growth, the evolution of simple tracking skills would initially have been relatively slow, gradually developing increasingly sophisticated systematic tracking skills, and eventually evolving into speculative tracking. Compared to Moore's Law and computer technology, which seems to grow incredibly rapidly over a short period of time, the logistic curve describes the evolution of tracking which had been very flat and very slow, growing imperceptibly over a period of 2 million years. In this view, most of the peri this period would have been very gradual. Um, evolution of simple and systematic tracking skills and only recently, perhaps over the last 200,000 years, developing into highly creative speculative tracking. The suggestion that modern tracking, as practiced by recent hunter-gatherers, requires scientific intellectual abilities and also implies that it is unlikely that such abilities developed before the evolution of the modern intellect. As a modern brave brain evolved, hunters would have had the potential to develop modern tracking. Modern tracking may have been developed only sometime after the modern braid involved, which they're saying around 200,000 years ago. 200 to 300,000, I should say. However, if hunters were already practicing systematic tracking, it would be surprising if they did not develop speculative tracking as soon as they had the ability to do so. If speculative tracking developed at the same time that the modern brain evolved, then selective pressures for speculative tracking and scientific reasoning may have been at least partially responsible for the evolution of the modern brain. It has been suggested that systematic tracking have, has, have been practiced by some Homo erectus populations possibly as much as 2 million years ago. By the time Homo sapiens appeared, it is likely that hunters were highly skilled systematic trackers and had the potential to practice speculative tracking. The evolution of speculative tracking in creative science may have occurred more than 100,000 years ago in Southern Africa in the Kalahar Desert. So I just think it's so cool that these people were, these people are and still are doing these amazing things um, going back um, hundreds of thousands of years. I just think it's, it blows my mind to think about, you know, the agricultural revolutions really only probably 15,000 years um, old. Um, and then just... Christ was only two, he's only 2000, that's only 2000 years ago. So we're talking about significantly, a significant amount of time. That's like pretty unfathomable. However, it's very tangible too, because we know that's where we come from. Um, and um, I just, just definitely humbling, but humbling by it. And just in terms of like the skills that we're practicing are passed down. I mean, there's no other way around it. And it feels really important that we continue to pass on these skills. Um, so I really hope that you got a lot out of this podcast. I know it's a short podcast and that was kind of, it's kind of intentional. And um, so I want these to be kind of small bits that you can chew on. Um, and as I'm chewing a piece of bread right now, gluten-free sourdough bread, by the way. Um, so I hope everybody's having a great night. Um, this is Max Gordon from Lion Man Rewilding. Please like and share, comment below. Um, and um, I look forward to hearing from all of you. And um, thanks for listening. Take care, everybody.